0: Welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. You got Mike. You got Massey. We're here. And I want you to know, uh, we rolled in, what, midnight last night?
1: (laughs) It's still no excuse. I mean, I didn't set my (laughs)
0: alarm. I got here late.
1: Just being honest with y'all, I got, you know, she, she, you know, I'm human. Forgive me. Be a part of my... (laughs) my redemption your redemption story is that's your redemption and the other part too is my kids work for us as producers so if i don't give them a ride how they get in here i it's been it's been quite (laughs) it's been quite a quite an ordeal i had
0: that thought this morning it's like oh Uh, man they're all they're all flying on the same plane yeah man this is i'm
1: so sorry guys we started
0: (laughs) late
1: my bad my bad we you know this happens and 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 you know that's it. It you
0: know, is what it is.
1: I pray you guys can see the visuals. I mean, we're trying our best here. You know what I mean? We're trying. We're trying. Why did
0: my computer <laughs> do that? Anyways,
1: and, uh, that's so. why you should support
0: us. <laughs> <So> we can <laughs> try harder. <laughs> you know, this will really turn around when you support us. Yeah. 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 It's, I it's, won't be late anymore. <laughs> you can buy a new alarm clock. <laughs> Support I am so Maxine's sorry i am so <laughs> sorry i I
1: usually get up uh it's on my own five thirty six uh this morning all of a sudden it's like almost seven. Oh no
0: <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad but it's okay we're all here yeah we're here um because of our our time frame, we are going to actually skip the news bits i I had a couple in there that would be well. Kind of goodbye, fun, Bob Barker. I know. I will say there are a lot of cats and dogs rejoicing right about now. <laughs> You'll get it in a second. <laughs> oh man! Anyways, yeah, uh, we lost Bob Barker, ninety nine. Yeah, dang it! Uh, they go so young. They go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> was it covid? <laughs> oh, 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 probably. It was the newest strain
1: that <laughs> it's taking out old people.
0: Wait. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so anyway, anyway. I'm going to I'm going to switch gears a little bit, but before we get into our topic, do not forget about our sponsor, uh, uh equippingthepersecuted.com go check them out. What do they do? What they do is, especially in countries like Nigeria, Christian villages are attacked for their faith. Christians are shot, they're massacred, and a lot of times we tend to forget that any of that type of stuff happens, but it does, and it it happens to where we need to be there for them. So equippingthepersecuted.com, what they do is they get there within 48 hours of an attack. They're there for medical services, for for faith services, resources. They're there to help. They are. And you may not be able to go. You may not be able to be a part of that physically, but what you can do is start supporting today. <clears throat> $25 a month or more, you can help support this yeah, mission. help these guys. Help them out, guys. Yep. We we're big fans of these guys. We love them. Judd Saul is an amazing guy. Uh, check out the website. Is not he supposed to be on the podcast soon? Yes, he is. Perfect. We're, so we're, we're excited. We're going to be having him on real soon and uh we'll tell you more about all of that. But if he doesn't have a meeting key. during the podcast. Yeah, I know. Text <laughs> Sorry, me. Sorry, Judd. <laughs> Text me. Oh. I had a meeting. I had a meeting. <laughs>
1: Sorry, Judge, no, we, awesome, we love baby. him. Yeah, we're, we're kidding, bro. <laughs>
0: so, anyways, Man. let's get into the topic. So, Massey, Adam LaSalle said, "You boys hit the ground running, <laughs> Missouri." He's <It's> like, yeah, <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. Game on. So, Massey, where were you this weekend? What'd you do this weekend? I was in Canton, Missouri, Ooh. near the border of Iowa. What was going on there? We
1: had a conference.
0: Oh, and we talked about all things basket weaving. Oh, well, crying in the mud. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sounds wonderful. No,
1: we were at uh, <laughs> we were at uh, First Baptist actually, and it's weird because we went there to preach just on a on a Sunday. Um, we had the Lutrels. They Lut- the Lutrels. Lut- they introduced us to Pastor Brian, and he had never met us, so he was going off the recommendation of his congregants. Hey, have this guy come in and preach. <laughs> Bad idea, <laughs> bad move. <laughs> no, and and so ministry broke out that day, and it was really cool. And so he said, "Hey, how about you guys do a conference?" He came. He came down in what April, May, something like that, or was it yeah. June? Uh, no, it was, June. it was April or May. Was it? I'm pretty sure. Anyways, he come down. We, you know, we had him here for a few days. He got to experience our, you know, revive. You know, Pete Todd got to pray for him, things like that. He goes, hey, we should do a conference. So we ended up doing a conference this whole weekend. And um, I'm, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not uh, good with, like, reports of, like, how it went. To me, there's always something more, you know, th- than what we do. Uh, there's always something greater. And so I'm going after that. But I feel like this last weekend was one of those weekends that marks the ministry. I just think we know what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, it felt like there was a flow there. Um, it was the first time we got to see what we could do in a three-day setting or two-and-a-half-day setting, which is what we're goaling for in the ministry is to do these kinds of things. We don't have to keep ping-ponging and traveling like this. If we can bring areas together and do an event like this, that would be a whole lot easier. First world problems, right? I'm just saying for— <laughs> Will you come to us? Because financially, f- financially, this is just honesty. Um, to fly places, you, you guys know it's insane. Uh, every time I go to California, I lose my shirt on those yeah. events. You know, I mean, literally, we go in the hole because, now we're not turning them down to do it. We'll raise the money. That's not the issue. But I think, could we go to California, do a, a, a bigger-type conference, and make it worthwhile where everybody can come instead right. of just picking off individual areas? And so this was the first time we did it, and it just... <clears throat> I think to say the Spirit of God moved is an understatement. I think... Um, To 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 go in there, first off, all three of us were like, "Uh, we're 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 just we weren't we weren't jiving with the weekend. It just it it, and I'm not saying it crept on uh, crept on us fast. It just it crept
0: on us, and all of a sudden we got there and we're like, I all got nothing. Three of us got in the car to go to the airport and we're like, I got nothing,
1: I got nothing. And so (laughs) we got when we got to the event, it was like or I'm sorry, that night before, we got up in the morning, we drove to the church, we get there, and then all of a sudden the Spirit of God starts talking, and it just starts speaking, and we're we're going through the, through the stuff. And so I had no idea what I was going to preach on that night, and I'll tell you why. I was confused about the whole weekend, and it wasn't anybody's fault. It was more mine because I wasn't prepped. It, so we're self-evident. We have a, a specific niche. This is what we do the 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 way that the conference was advertised was transforming lives. So we're like, you know, how, how do
0: we do this? How do we transform lives? Yeah, and
1: so, like, <laughs> I, I was conflicted the whole time. Like, do I preach something? Do I do self-evident stuff and material? And so I just decided, you know what? We're self-evident. If we're going to transform lives through self-evident, then that's what we're going to do. So I preached a normal, like, a message that we do, and it's not normal. They're really awesome. I I, I love preaching hope and faith and love and all that stuff. I love preaching the power of God. So we, we went there, and it, ministry broke out for quite a while. Yeah. But then the next day, Carrie and Mike got to speak. Uh, during the day, they did breakout sessions for the ladies and the men, um, and it was really awesome. And then um, I preached that night again. Again, more ministry. You had ministry going on in your class. Carrie had it too. Um, and then last night or yesterday morning was, to me, kind of that capstone and I talked about whose report are you going to believe? You know, like, I think it's easy to, to, to see out there. Um, we, we can try to hype ourselves up, but it's not. It doesn't work. And so I, I was teaching them how to think on the things of Christ, the way it says in Philippians 4. And if you do these things, think the way that Philippians tells you to think on the good things, the good report, all that stuff. The Bible says, then the peace of God will rule your heart. And so that's how we ended it. We did some ministry. It was awesome. I mean, the whole weekend was transforming. I, I, it transformed me it transformed me. I was the one le- leaving like I'm the one who left yeah. changed, I think,
0: you know. And I I think pretty quickly we we jumped on board with where the Lord was going with it cuz and now I, I was talking to Pastor Brian about this normally for self evident our messages are are more history directed. Our messages are more uh uh give hope through the lens of what has happened and what the Lord can do, right? But this very quickly, just became straight on ministry, and and I think we recognized. Look, our goal here is to, in a way, help transform this church, right? And and not that the church needs us to come in and transform, but it was something where the Lord used us as some vessels to kind of, you know, um, do something. Yeah, uh, uh, break down some walls and and move some things forward. And sometimes all that takes is an outside voice ministering right and and sometimes you need just that outside perspective that outside uh, uh observer who comes in isn't in the middle of all of the stuff to come in and and just hey, i'm just going to minister i'm going to breathe some life into some people and they'll run with it and he and i have had a messy and i have had a lot of talks now of like what this means right and and this isn't a like Self-evident has now changed all of its direction and no. what it's doing. But no, it's, it made us it's, more stalwart on who we are. Right. It's it's a part of us, you know, and it's it's something where we recognized, oh, we this is something the Lord puts on us to do, right? And I think what was really cool is we got to just be us. Um not that, man, it's it's so hard to explain because he and I are still kind of working through it in our own hearts yeah. but like we've always been us and then i think that's what people appreciate about us but at the same time this is kind of that that new level of ministry for us you know and and yeah. we're we're starting to recognize some things of like hey what does it take to to help breathe life into a church or or help a church move that next level or we're not just help the church. them see new not just know? the church i was telling carrie i'm used to
1: Two and a half, three days of constant preaching. You know what I mean. Yeah. You do seven or eight preaching, you know, gigs. You, you know, uh, in, in a weekend, I do those at conferences. That's not. I don't. I don't know if that. Um, I I just think it's where I'm I'm learning. We always do this. Like, it always ends up this way.
0: It always ends up as ministry. Yeah, and this no matter where like, we go, it could be a conference, it could be a homeschool yeah.
1: thing, it could be, whatever school. What it doesn't matter. Wherever we go, it feels like we're just
0: moving the needle you know what i mean for people and i think this was what was different about this is it was pure ministry you know what i mean like so at the homeschool conventions it's it's the history lesson it's the the hope from these lessons that we can take oh by the way ministry is going to break out because that's who we are but this was like this was full-on ministry Deeper ministry, yeah. you know, with a purpose through the whole thing. Yeah,
1: and it, it, you know, one of the things that that we wanted to get across to the church was there's a there's a whole, and I think too with Pastor Brian, um, we do the same thing here with Pastor Todd. It's a little more different. Obviously, this is our church, this is our home base, but to develop a what's the word, a system of a, or or a thought process of that's the leader right there. Yeah. That's your guy. That's the guy who gets revelation from the Lord. That's the guy who, who the burden is on him for this church. Mm-hmm. Pray for him. Admonish him. You know, all these things, like we were teaching them, like, you know, there is something to this thing called submitting, you know, not blind obedience. I'm talking about submission. I'm talking about that's the guy. He's the pastor. He's the leader of the flock. That's the guy who got ordained to do it. Mm-hmm. And you see it in him, you see the purity of how he does it. you see uh you know he 's so open about you know his his issue like his mistakes, you know like he 's taught us, oh man, when I used to do this, this is how I did it, and like just super his wife is amazing, his kids are incredible there 's good people now, when I say they 're incredible i 'm not saying they don 't have issues, everybody has issues, right. I just see them as God sees them, his kids, you know what I mean like so i 'm looking at them going you know there, there's a there's a thing in America. And I'm going to kind of open some cans of worms here. Yeah, let's do it. There's a thing in America about submission. Submission's a bad thing. Even in churches, we don't like to submit, you know, because submission means, like, it's a cult or something. No, that's called blind obedience. That's called no discernment for me. That's where I was. I was young. I was naive. I didn't know the word. I just blindly followed. When I'm talking about submission, it's who's in line with the Lord What church am I being fed at? All these other things. How can I help this mission run? Like, what does that look like? That's submission. I put my sword down. Here's my gifts and talents. Let's go use these gifts and talents, right? That's how it is. And I think in America, we hate that. I'm, I'm very cautious to say this. In many churches, I'm not saying all. It's like a submission's a bad thing. And, you know, we go to church for us to receive, for us to get fed, for us to, you know let church conform to me. I've preached on this before, but I said something uh, yesterday that I think really sparked my heart. If you were at home receiving from God what what you're trying to receive from your church, you'd come to church ready to give and minister to people. You'd come ready to give and be a part of the hospital instead of laying on a hospital bed all the time. What good are you if you're laying on a hospital bed to help people? So, like, there's this thing where you're at home receiving from God the things you're getting from your church. You should be getting worship at home, word time at home, words of life from Christ from home. You should be journaling from home. He should be telling you all these things. And what happens is we get lazy, so then we go to church expecting to receive it there. You don't get your fulfillment. You don't get it right. All of a sudden you're like, well, I don't like this church anymore, so I'm going to find another one that's a lot more alive. That'll make me feel right. You know what I mean? All these other things. And yet the whole time we're missing this thing called submission. If we were submitted to Christ, he'd be putting us in a a pathway of prayer, of fasting, of anointing, of reading, of praying, all these other things. And then you're in the trench. And so when I go to church, the things that are lacking, I just want to go in there and say, Lord, maybe I'm not supposed to start a ministry. Maybe I am. I'm going to go put in my time. I'm going to go to put in my my resources. I'm going to go put in my effort. I'm going to to be due diligent about it. I just want to help the body. What can I do to help the body? What does that look like? And
0: and I think we as americans and in the west we're we're very individualist minded right we're we're very self sufficient all of that and that's great that's awesome but one of the weaknesses of that is we we don't understand hierarchy and structure the way we could and what you tend to get is just like you're saying you'll you'll get people who oh, I'm totally called to this church, and this is exactly where I need to be. And six months later, they hear something they don't agree with, so they're like, well, I've, yes. I'm obviously I need to leave. And whoa, whoa, whoa. If God's called you here, that doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect, right? You're, you're going to have disagreements. You're going to have things you're like, well, I would see it differently. And I was, I was having a talk with a young man this weekend, and one of the things I told him was, you are, are a driver. That's awesome. But you also need to learn from the people above you, right? And you're not going to always agree with them, but they have experience, they have wisdom, they have things they're seeing, right? You know, so yeah. it's like you, you've 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 got to be okay with you may not see it that way, but it's it's Just, their responsibility. You come into alignment with them, yeah, you know?
1: and and make sure that when you you know, and I'm I'm seeing this more and more in 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 churches and, and especially in our church. I see Pastor Brian. Well, first off, Pastor Todd's a super wise person. Yeah. Pastor Brian's the same way. They think oh, the same. Their totally decision wise. making is the same. Yeah. It's almost like, dang, when he was talking about certain decisions he makes, yeah. the, the things he's laying out for his church, I'm like, wow, you guys are like identical. It's very, very kind of apostolic type thinking, right? And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, if people could just see into their brain, a lot of their questions would leave. Right. But a lot of the nitpicking people do, and and, and and if this is stepping on your toes, let it step on your toes, right? A lot of the nitpicking people do is because they don't trust in the leader that God put in front of them. Therefore, they start to say, well, they don't see it the way I'm supposed to see it. They don't see it how I'm seeing it. Therefore, I may want to go start my own thing, or I may want to start a ministry on my own, or if they would just let me minister, I could really transform this place. And I think what happens with that mentality is you, you, you come in with the wrong motive, with the wrong angle, instead of helping the body do what it's supposed to do, in, because each church is different. I firmly believe this. Not every church is supposed to be the same. I love different denominations. I genuinely do. I think that's awesome that, that people can worship mm-hmm. the way they do. But when you come in just hot and heavy and trying to nitpick and do all these things, I think what you're doing, number one, is you're acting as the Holy Spirit instead of submitting to the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit doesn't create division. Right, he just doesn't do that now. If there's heresy in your church, totally different Obviously, case. Yeah. Come on, like let's 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 be mature here for a minute, and I'm talking to mature Christians. If there's heresy, yes, leave the church if they don't want to change. If they don't,
0: right? But don't major in the minors. Don't, yeah, the, you know, tiny little detailed Stupid disagreements. Things. Do yeah. not consider that a heresy. Yeah, okay. And sometimes ministries that you think should be in the
1: church, there's two probably two two main reasons. I've been thinking about this a lot. Two big reasons. One the church is not called to that field, and there's nothing Thank wrong you. with
0: that. Everybody has a lane. There's
1: nothing wrong with that. Everybody should know their lane. There are churches that are called to certain things. Some churches are called to be more community-oriented, feed the homeless, all that stuff. Some churches are more called to be a house of worship, prayer, praise. That's, that's what they're called to be. But the second thing is, it's timing. And sometimes you're like, but we should do this now, and it's like, unless except the Lord build this house, they labor in vain that build it. Not you build a house. I wouldn't want to be a full-time pastor right now. Mm. I, if God ever, and, and I believe he's changing my heart on things and all that stuff, but to be a pastor and lead a church, man, I just look at the, I, I look at what P. Ta goes through. I look at what P. Brian goes through. I look at some other pastors that I know that I've talked to many times, pa- Pastor Chris up in Maryland, like just the burden they carry. Now they wear it so well they don't wear it like a burden they wear it like a, a badge of honor like hey i get to do this but then you look behind the scenes you're like wow the things that people think about the things they have to do it makes you respect hey i better shut my mouth if if i don't you know what i mean and if i'm not edifying
0: with speech shut shut your mouth that's a really you know? good point a lot of people are there at the church for a couple hours on a sunday maybe they're there for an hour or two on a wednesday night maybe they're there for an hour during a, a men's-women's ministry. I, this is you, a great point you're bringing up right now. You are not in the thick of it in the day in, day out, right? You, you're not seeing behind the scenes. So you be careful not to come in on a Sunday morning. You're there for two hours, and all of a sudden, you're armchair quarterbacking everything going on, right? Because, man, these these guys, they've been anointed for it. And so I think that's why they carry it so well, because they've been anointed to do it, but there is a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, because you're dealing with people. You're dealing with a community of people. And guess what? People are messy. Yeah, And so you may you're only seeing the tip of the iceberg, so when you're like, "Well, I don't understand why they're not doing this. It's like walk a mile in their shoes, turn it into a full-time full-time life for a little while and you'll see man this is not as easy as it looks and and this isn't a boo-hoo woe is them type thing this is a this is an honor a, and respect yeah there is a it's just like in the military the 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 privates that are just running around they don't see all of the stuff that the generals have to think about in the grand scheme of things, they just have their job and they do their thing. So if they start complaining, well, the general doesn't, the general doesn't, he just, he just, what ends up happening is your armchair quarterbacking and something that you really don't have a whole lot of you know, understanding on. Now I know I'm kind of like taking the baseball bat, but it's, it's something we got to think about. And you you got to understand, you know, like there's a lot more to it than you think. Yeah, you know? not, and I, and I, and I, I'm
1: guilty of, of saying that kind of stuff with you. We I don't all think, are. I, I don't think you are. I don't think you're taking a baseball bat. I think what we're doing is training. I think we're giving people perspective. Um, this is all about honor and reverence, and and there are things that I'm realizing more and more as I get older. Know your lane and and stay that lane. Stay your lane. What are you called to do in that house of worship or at work or whatever? The Lord will promote when he wants to promote, but the cool thing is I've noticed this, a true promotion from God is something you're not seeking. All you're seeking is the Lord. All you're seeking is to do as will. All you're being is faithful. You're being submitted. You're being candid with with things. You're being honest. You're being pure and just. Um, Your your mentality um, changes because like, and and I've said this a hundred times and, and maybe in, in sermons, but I'm, I don't know if I've ever really talked about it here is I know my lane and what I'm called to do. I am, I am ordained and called to be an associate pastor. I'm, I, that is my lane. I find joy in that lane. I find fruit in that lane. I find peace in that lane. There's blessing in that lane. And there's a true, I hope, and he, I hope he knows this, Pastor Todd, there is a true, here is my sword, Mm -hmm. do what you want with it. I'll do whatever you need me to do, and and I'll get it done. Not in a works. It's a, I love you because I love God, and God placed you over me as an authority, so I will submit because I know my place. I I have no desire for anything else except to see that vision of his come to pass. You and I have talked about this countless hours. That vision he has, we are doing our best to get that thing to come across. Now, what that looks like is when you're submitted to that vision, God gives you a, a, a sight into that vision of, hey, we need to pray in that person. We need to pray in this person. We need to pray in that ministry. We need to, you know, blah, 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 whatever that looks like. Yeah. Now, I've made mistakes. I've, made, I've bumped some bruises. I've picked the wrong people. I've, I, and, and, and with those people that I picked that were wrong, it wasn't that they were bad people. I put them in the wrong position. So it's ultimately on the leader and what I did and what I, I allowed to happen. But I'm also seeing, too, where I walk them through those processes. If they were in the wrong place, I made sure they realized it's not them. Their ministry is their true call. They're true gifted. It's just not the timing for you or this. And I made sure that they understood, hey, I, it was not me. No. It's not you. And you build and edify. And what I'm noticing is submission Creates this thing in your heart, a compassion to want to edify others. When you know your lane, you want to bring up other people with you because it's not competition. Yeah. I'm submitted. I want to see other people raised up too, man. You want to see other people discipled and lifted and all these other things. And I think um, there is something to be said too about. Let's get into this real fast about fivefold pastors. Pastor Charles just texts me. You got different churches doing different things. You have the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist type anointings, right? You have the apostle who's the builder, who's the infrastructure, who is the who is the basically can have an oversight over a territory. He's he's thinking big. Sometimes globally they think, uh, sometimes they think territorially, sometimes they think statewide, nationwide. But they're thinking on that level, how do we take this and this and this? And they know what people to put in what position, what ministry is important, how do budgets look. But, I mean, so organized and detailed, and the details don't escape. They're constantly moving at that level. And when they, when, when they preach, they preach like that. They preach on, okay, this is structurally how the, the Bible is yeah. laid out. Then you have the pastor, pastor, who is a compassionate man who loves people, who will leave the 99 to get the one, if you will. Mm -hmm. Let's just put that in quotations. They will do whatever it takes for that person. Their churches typically don't grow more than about 100, 150, because to them, personal touch is so important. They have to get to know everybody individually. They have to be involved in as, as much as they can in their lives. Counseling kids, all these other things. Apostles think globally, so their churches can be...
0: They, pretty pretty big. The apostle, you know? uh, when they are roaring down their lane, people will see them as kind of distant, yeah, um, a, a little standoffish, and it's kind of like, well, he doesn't care about me. It's just pastoral's not his strength. Yeah. So yeah. what you're taking as like him pushing you aside, <laughs> you know, it's just he's he's not. His vision is this way. But even you know? that, right? He doesn't care about me. It's
1: like, do you realize <laughs> the hundred discipleship channels that have been created? Exactly. Because he cares about you? Because he knows that's not his gifting to do that. So he finds people to do that gifting because he's thought this through. He yep. does care about you. That's just not his thing. Right. So he'll go find the best people. For these he, positions
0: to fill, so that you can be loved, he finds. You know what I mean? The the Uber pastor, yeah, to come sit with you because he knows at the end of the day that Uber pastor will be much better for you in that one on one than he's going to be. Oh my gosh! Because his mind, while he's sitting with you, is going, "Well, if I put this here and I could build this structure here, and what about this? Oh, that's a problem that he's got. So if I put this in place, that would take care of that problem." It's just the way the brain works. Right, right. <laughs> right. And, and you see
1: with, with, with pastors, they just have a, a very uh, now view of things. They want to make yeah. sure the body's healthy, that's, that's their gifting. Then you have the, the teacher uh, type of pastor who is a, uh, to me, like a Charles Stanley. If they have an apostolic mindset, their church will be big, but the way they teach is very strict to Scripture. They love revelation, yep. uh, especially if they're somewhat prophetic, they'll get revelation. Everything in Scripture is new to them. It's literally like uh, the, the, to them, as a deer panteth after water, so my soul pants after you. They're they're really focused on how the Bible can come alive to somebody, and they love to teach, yep. and and they, they bring that gifting out then you have the evangelist type pastor. I, I think that's kind of one of those elevation type churches. They're more on the what can we do to reach our people, and they'll do we all the cool get people. bro. They'll do the cool stuff. They'll yep. do all these things. No, I'm not saying be unscriptural about it. I'm saying they'll figure out their their social media is always banging. You're right. I mean their social yeah. media looks great. They know how to communicate. They know how to with the Yeah, they know yeah. how to communicate well and how to reach those people. And then you have who am I leaving? The uh, prophet. The prophet. The prophet type pastor. Those guys are the ones who are really, really focused on throne room, prayer, repentance, soaking. soaking. But yeah. really, like, their message is continuously the same, repentance. We need to be repentant. We need to be fasting and praying. We need to be do these things. All those giftings are good. Yes. To me, they work best under an apostolic authority, according to Scripture. That's how it was laid out. The apostles, and see, I wish, too, that pastors, and this is a whole tangent, but if pastors who had those kind of giftings would submit under an apostolic leadership, can you imagine the health of that church? Right. We're close. But it's like, you know, that, that health of the body where everything comes under it, and everything's working in order, and there's no ego. It's just, I know my lane, boss. You know your lane. You know your lane. And you just watch this thing flow. It is, there's something beautiful about that when you see that clicking in all cylinders. Yeah. Right. Now, determine who you under. And if you're under each one of any one of these types of things, it'll show you how to submit, how to understand them, what it takes to be them. And then you're like, not nitpicky. You're like, oh, I get it. You, you're not thinking like that. So, therefore, what can we do to help
0: that? Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's so for the people following recognize your leader may have a lane that you don't necessarily understand fully, right? So if if you're very evangelistic, you're like, we got to go out and get the masses and all of that, but you're dealing with a with a leader who's apostolic, you may not see eye to eye on what he's doing or his vision. And so the question is, which one submits to which vision, right? Now, Maybe the Lord is raising you up that if you submit under that leader, you say, hey, I'm here for you. He looks at you and he goes, I need an evangelistic program. I need this evangelistic lane. You're the person to do it. But if you start looking at him going, well, we don't do enough to go out and get the believers. And how come you, how come you don't care about new believers? You, you've ruined it. You've destroyed it. You, you've created a rift and dissension Because you put your vision above what the leader of the house's vision is supposed to be. Now, to speak to the leader of the house, you really got to submit yourself to the Lord and figure out what is the vision that the Lord has for where we're going. Because if you don't know, how can the people below you possibly know? And those voices will start getting louder because you're not being definitive in where you're going. If if we have a general who doesn't know where you're supposed to march, people start to look around, and people start to well, you know, maybe we go this way or maybe we go that way. No, you need to have that general that's going. No, we're going down this road. We're going to go this way, and we're going to stop here, and then we're going to wait for the. You need to have that man in front who knows the vision of where they're going you and know, why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. So leaders, it is incumbent upon you. Share. Yeah. Share that. To, share to that vision humble yourself before the lord figure out the vision and then share it and be able to to convey it properly to your people right. and bring them along pastor todd's been talking about this a lot lately about um
1: it's, it's 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 we agree because of the unified vision because we have a vision there's unity in the vision we're all seeing that vision together we agree on how to get to that we don't have unity because we agree, right? We agree because we already have unity. Does that make right. sense? What happens is we can't, we can't, ha- we can't all agree, and then we say that's unity because that's disjointed. And what happens is if we do it that way and we're not in tune with the vision, you're, piece- you're losing pieces of your vision, and it becomes compromise. Yes. What happens is your vision starts to lose its edge. You become a blunt sword instead of a sharp sword. That's so in a good other way words, to put it. We should be looking at that sword going, okay, that's the unity. That's the vision, okay? We're all coming under agreement to go after that thing. We're not saying, well, there's nothing here, so we're all agreeing that that's what we're going to do, right? No, that just breeds compromise because what do they say? Anything more, anything more than one head is a, is a monster, right? Now, I'm not saying there's not counsel. That's why churches have elders and deacons right. and bishops. That's why they do these things because the leader is, is, is a man, But what I trust in that man is when I see him constantly on his face, constantly saying, okay, this is what I'm seeing. And then he'll go before the elders. This is what Pete Todd does. He'll go before the elders. They'll sit and talk. They'll disseminate. They'll fast and pray. That's what they do. And it's like, that's just awesome to me. That's just awesome. That it's not about follow me. No, they're like Paul. Follow me as I follow Christ. That's the beauty part about unity. I'm already unified to him therefore we all come into agreement to follow that.
0: And that's where I'm going. You know what I mean? And those that that whether you call them elders whether you ca- call them deacons whoever that that leadership group under the leader of your church they have got to have a a heart and a passion to carry that vision forward. It cannot be the, the leader having to look at every single one in the face and tell him every single task he's got to do, you got to catch the vision and then you got to go with it. Right. And so that's where that, that support structure comes in underneath the leader and says, Hey, I caught your vision. I know what you're, what you're wanting. Let's go to it. And, um, you know, and, and being that, that enthusiastic driver of like, Hey, let's go forward. Right. And, and, in your actions you're supporting what the leader is trying to get accomplished right the the general cannot fight in every single position on the battlefield the general cannot be in every single space on the battlefield right so you have to have officers that are taking their units in certain areas and having to make decisions knowing that the decision yeah. aligns with the vision of where the general is trying to get. That's to. right. Each,
1: each person is created as a leader to have a
0: vision of something.
1: I mean, imagine general Patton or general, you know, Eisenhower oh. when they're in battle. Right. And he's like, this is how we're going to fight the war. All of a sudden, all of his people are like, well, we don't agree with that. What is that called? Insubordination. subordination, <laughs> the world will teach you that. Right. Subordination. Right. You join the military. That is the leader they placed over you. That's what we do Now, a little different. They place a leader over you. You don't really have a choice to like check it out and like you know, right. be a part of that platoon. Right. Where at church, if we were truly asking, Holy Spirit, lead me to the church you want me to go to, he would tell you exactly where to go. Mm-hmm. And he may take you to a really cool place that at first grips you, and then within months you're like, it's just not gripping me anymore. Well, maybe it's because you're supposed to seek and fast and pray for the area you're called to be in. I will say this, too, for, for, for most of you out there. Cause there's a lot in this and we could go, we should probably do just, one with pastor Todd yeah. uh, and talk about it. But there are some of you too, who like I am called to ministry. I am called. I've been doing it for 30 years. I'm sure you have, and I'm sure you have fruit in that. I'm sure that's great. But when you come to a new church, you don't know the people, you don't know its leadership. You don't know our congregants. You don't know those types of things. My suggestion, my suggestion, it's not about proving yourself to do ministry. It's about showing yourself humble and putting blood on the post so that people can see you're here for them. They're not here for you. The church wasn't built to house your ministry. The church was not built for, to, to house your ministry. That's not how this works. The church was made for ministry. The church was made to minister to people. How you fit in that puzzle what if the Lord told you, no, I'm, I think you're done, but in your mind, you're just so dang right. gung-ho about... And all of that is good. I don't think there's anything wrong with being gung-ho. You, you feel called, you feel chosen. But when you put blood on the post, when you're saying, no, Lord, I'll submit no matter what, maybe, maybe the Lord's going to bring me in a different direction in this church. I don't know. If we could be open to that and honest about that, I think we would find more freedom, more fruit, more love, more joy, more peace, and less division, less contention. I think we would see... Hey, maybe my season of being this is done. Maybe I'm supposed to be this in this church and be. And what what is the Lord doing in all that? Expanding your temp pegs, He's expanding your knowledge base. He's expanding your wisdom. When I first became the associate, uh, I remember I was like, "What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing." We just said this on Saturday together. Remember, we were chilling, and I said, "Look at what we've learned. Look at what I've gained. Right. Look at all the stuff I learned through this. Like." The budgets and people and how to speak and wisdom, how to answer people properly, how to submit, what to do. Uh, I have a whole band of mission people that pray for us now. I have a council of elders that I can go to and say, hey, man, I need some wisdom. I got a pastor who's like so smart, right? I got all these things in our arsenal, but it built me as a man to go do what we're called to do. The compassion we have, the, the way we operate in faith, the way we minister now is how Revive would do it. I've learned so much just being submitted. And it wasn't, he's this is taking me away from self-evident. No, it only added to self-evident and our reach
0: and our effect. Right. Because we submitted. You know what I mean? And and I know we gotta get going, I know, but I know. that you're think about it this way, Mass. If you had come into that position, you're like, I don't understand why he's not letting me preach more. Why isn't Whoa. he getting me put me on the stage? Yes, uh, I've I've been preaching, dude, dude. You are a perfect example. If you had come in and you're like, I've been preaching for how many years, and I've been on stage, and and this guy's not putting me on. I don't understand. I've got words to say. Why aren't you do? Do you see the wrong foot he <laughs> oh. would have stepped on? No way. <laughs> it, and this is the thing is like I. Uh, time and time again, a person will be like, well, I don't understand why they're not picking—I've got this. My My rule of thumb—and Mas- Massey's seen this in work for years now—my rule of thumb tends to be, if I have to ask, then maybe the Lord is saying, I'm not ready for Ooh, it yet. come on!
1: That's I, so good!
0: I tend to approach stuff like responsibility of, the Lord will bring it when it's time. And there are things where it's like, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready. Why aren't I? But I keep that quiet. I don't say it because it's like, Lord, you'll pick me. You'll expand my 10 Ooh, pegs so when good. I'm ready. Buddy. Because we tend to put more faith <laughs> yeah. in the decision-making of the man than we do in the Lord and what <laughs> so, he's going to do in your life.
1: So I, remember, I remember. I just got to say this story quick because we got to do dude. This yeah. is so good. I remember the first time I preached on a Wednesday night at the church. It was like an hour long. I remember, mind you, we shoot for like 20 minutes. 25, 30 minutes. I went an hour because I have no concept of church like that. I've been preaching as an evangelist. And I remember Pastor Todd pulls me into the office and he's like, hey, man, your sermon was amazing. So he took me through piece by piece by piece. And he said, about the 15 minute mark, that was one sermon. Another 15 minutes, that was another sermon. Another 15 minutes, that was another. He said, you had like seven sermons in a sermon. And I was like, I did. And he goes, you know, if you could just pick one and expand that, we would. We would eat for. He taught me how to teach. He taught me how to preach. He taught me to slow down. People aren't on your wavelength. They don't see scripture like that. You got to bring them down. He's done that to me too. Gosh, he's like, man! Like great points. You're gonna lose them about a quarter of a way yeah, through. Yeah, <laughs> but then too, like I'm now like, and and this is he's right. I've never looked for the opportunity to preach. That is not my goal matter of fact quite the opposite i'm looking for opportunities to give more away who can we bring up who who, right Mm -hmm. you you see it like who we're gonna have step up to the plate next who are we raising up i'm not looking for that do you know why because i'm not the pastor of the church i'm not the leader of the church i am his helper in the church i am submitted in that church i'm helping his vision and you know what we do with apostolic people we build people that's our job. So I know that vision, and I'm after that vision. I have no schism there. There's no division in my heart. I'm like, bro, here we go. Let's let's. I, you know, Pastor Todd, here we go. Like I'm not saying, bro, bro, you know, respect. But like, bro, <laughs> like we go. Let's. We're we're oaring the same way. Yeah. And people have positions and rank, and that's just how it works. And I love it because it takes the. If you take on Pastor Todd's or Pastor Brian, or whoever Pastor's responsibility. You're taking on the mantle that was never yours, and you will crush oof, yourself under that weight. Oof, 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 if oof. Joshua stepped out in the shoes of Moses, it would have crushed him too soon because he was not ready to take on. He was not anointed to take on that mantle, and he was. Uh, that's why Miriam and Aaron, when they spoke against, remember when right, Miriam spoke exactly. against Moses, dude, yeah. she was not ready for that.
0: No, and it hit her. And and I love how the Lord rebuked her. Lord's like, you guys, I talked to through the prophets. Moses, I talk face to face. Ooh, ooh, ow! Right, like, <laughs> yeah. and and with, like, with Joshua, do you notice? Joshua never comes to Moses to be like, "You got to give me more." Like, I'm I'm here. I know what I'm doing. Why don't you let me? No, 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 no. Moses, listening to the Lord, was like, "Oh, you're the guy, Joshua." Right. Well, we gotta go. Um, yeah, we gotta go. But in other words, just submit.
1: Yeah, that's what, so, that's what we're
0: saying. Yeah. And don't ask questions. Yo, and don't breathe. No.
1: And tithe. Doesn't matter. You're wrong. No, seriously. All of that and more. All of that and more. I think submission is a beautiful thing when done with the right heart. Then yep. it's not a burden to you to submit. It's actually an honor to submit because Amen. you see leadership. Amen. And when you can do that, you'll understand the kingdom of God. It is literally called a kingdom for a reason. In kingdoms, it's different than a republic. You're not used to it. Kingdom has structure and order and people who are in rank and file. That's just how it works. And you know what? When you see it spiritually, you understand. You understand spiritual authority. We have it. Yeah. And I love it. And I think it's amazing. And you know what? When I'm in my lane, I don't take on other people's burdens. I just take on my own with the Lord. That's people
0: it. People thrive. People thrive. That's what we need to figure out. You thrive in the, that lane, in that boundary. You just have to trust it. So anyways, guys, we love you so much. We will see you Friday. We will be here. All right. Love you guys. Have a great day.
1: Bye.